0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back this week. I want to talk about something that you've probably heard a lot about because it's a very popular topic these days, and that's imposter syndrome. It's something that a lot of people experience. So you're hearing about it more so in podcasts and in the media than you've ever heard before. It's something that, you know, 20, 25 years into my career now, 10 to 15 years into owning a business, I still experience imposter syndrome every day and it affects everything that we do. So I want to share with you some great info about imposter syndrome from an excellent article that was produced by Asana. Uh, you can find the article at asana.com resources slash leadership. And I just thought this was a really good summary of imposter syndrome and some techniques for how to combat it, how to handle it as a team member, as a business owner, as a leader. If you don't know Asana, they're actually one of the best project management tools out there and my team here at Emerald City Productions actually uses Asana to manage all of our work with clients. Um, So definitely check them out. So in this episode, I'm going to walk you through what imposter syndrome is and how to overcome it from both an individual and a leadership perspective. No one wants to feel like an imposter, but really the truth is that imposter syndrome is a real thing. If you've ever felt like you don't belong or that you don't deserve the business you've created or the job that you have, just know that you aren't alone. A lot of us out there feel this. So let's start by defining imposter syndrome, if you don't know exactly what it is, it's this sense of self-doubt that is related to your accomplishments. Uh, You might feel like an imposter because you don't think you deserve the position you have, or like I said, the business you have, or the spot you have as an expert, you know, the podcast you've created where people see you as an authority. Oftentimes, imposter syndrome makes you feel like you're duping your team or your clients or your coworkers, you're pulling the wool over your eyes, you're, you're not really the expert you say you are, you just got here. Um, and, and you're showing them that you're really good at your job, but you don't think you deserve that consideration. So other symptoms of imposter syndrome include, uh, here's from this article, feeling like you've gotten to where you are today because of luck rather than skills or abilities. Basing your self-worth on perception of your own abilities. Feeling like you need to be a perfectionist in order to to deliver satisfactory work. Now, me as an Enneagram three. This is something that I I, I deal with all the time. Sacrificing your own well-being in order to get more work done. Feeling alone or the need to isolate so no one figures out your secret (laughs) for getting stuff done. Declining mental health as a result of overwork or burnout. And then feeling like at any point someone's going to figure out that you aren't as competent as you seem, especially when there isn't proof that that's the case. So if any of these feelings ring true, you are not alone. In fact, according to some of the research that's out there, nearly two thirds of knowledge workers, business owners worldwide reported experiencing imposter syndrome. All types of people experience it. You know, It's not just unique to people who are new in their jobs. People that are senior, people that have owned businesses like me for 10 to 15 years are actually more likely than average to experience imposter, imposter syndrome. So what are some characteristics of imposter syndrome? Everyone experiences it differently, but some of the things that you tend to see are self-doubt, inability to realistically gauge your skills and competence, crediting external factors like luck for your success, fear that you aren't good enough, sabotaging unconsciously your own success, disconnection from team members, perfectionism, overwork and burnout, we mentioned some of these earlier, setting high standards, impossibly high standards for yourself, low self-esteem, intense fear of failure, or any sense of fear of failure, decreased self-confidence. All of those things are characteristics that you'll see when you're experiencing imposter syndrome. Okay, so where did this idea of imposter syndrome come from? Let's talk about the history of it. And this article lays it out beautifully. They went back and, and found the first time that imposter syndrome or the imposter phenomenon was actually mentioned. It was introduced by two doctors, Dr. Clance and Dr. Imes, in their book, which is called The Imposter Phenomenon in High Achieving Women. Dynamics and Therapeutic Intervention, so it's a psych- psychology book. The book was published in, eight, in 1978, not 1878, 1978, the year I was born, and they interviewed a bunch of high-achieving women who had been formally recognized for professional excellence. Um, but what they found was many of these women believed their success was due to luck or that the achievements were overstated. So Dr. Clance in 1985 actually took imposter syndrome and her research a step further and published a scale to measure imposter syndrome called the Clance Imposter Phenomenon Scale, okay? And what it did was it measured imposter syndrome across six dimensions, the imposter cycle, the need to be special or the best, characteristics of Superman or Superwoman, fear of failure, denial of ability or discounting of praise, and then feeling fear and guilt about success. So what is the imposter cycle that she mentioned? This is something that I know I feel a lot. The imposter cycle describes the circular nature of imposter feelings. So it begins when a task is assigned, and then at that point, the individual with imposter syndrome experiences anxiety and self-doubt. These feelings lead to either procrastination or perfectionism. Who has not experienced that, okay? That's something that we see all the time. Now, one thing that was interesting in this article is they talked about imposter syndrome over the last year and a half, so during the pandemic. And the unique situation that was caused in 2020 also caused a rise in imposter syndrome. So in fact, Asana's uh, research showed that 47% of knowledge workers reported feelings of imposter syndrome increasing in 2020. People felt isolated from their team while they were working from home or distributed work. And that feeling apparently is very natural. So. They have a wonderful quote in here from Dr. Sahar Youssef, who's a cognitive neuroscientist from UC Berkeley. And he said, with fewer opportunities to connect and celebrate success, remote work is actually intensifying imposter syndrome. Organizations should actually ensure that work is still being recognized and championed in remote environments on a daily basis. And that new hires have to have support structures in place to instill confidence. So think about that. as bad as it was, over the last year and a half, it's gotten even worse. And more people are feeling this because we're, we're separated from each other. We don't have our normal support systems where we would get some uh, reassuring and some, and some praise and some acknowledgement of the wonderful things that we're done, we've done. So it's really hard to cope with imposter syndrome. And when you're feeling like an imposter, it's difficult to tell other people about these feelings. And as a leader, you wanna support your team but it's tricky to see these things and address imposter syndrome. Remember that regardless of your situation or your exact feelings, you aren't alone. Remember, two thirds, 62% of people, global employee employees, business owners are feeling imposter syndrome. <clears throat> so here are nine tips to cope with imposter syndrome that they include in this article. There are a lot of actions you can actually take to reduce the feelings of imposter syndrome, but the most important thing to, to remember, and they they hit this several times in the article, is that you are not alone. These feelings are n- are not abnormal, okay? This is something that a lot of people feel. When you succeed, it's common to feel like you aren't doing a, a good enough job, and over time, those feelings can turn into imposter syndrome. But with time and hard work, they say you can overcome imposter syndrome, and here's how. Tip number one, focus on the facts, okay? This imposter syndrome makes you feel like you aren't good at your job, right? But oftentimes those feelings are based on fear, not reality. So the best way to fight imposter syndrome is to separate feelings from facts. Now, one of my clients who's a therapist has a wonderful podcast. She calls this facts versus stories, okay? Facts are observable, observable truths, things that a video camera would pick up on, things you can see, where stories are how you're actually interpreting those facts you can't keep your brain from creating stories but you can center yourself around the facts so the next time you're in a situation that makes you feel like an imposter refer back to the facts versus stories of the situation so if you felt bad maybe after speaking up in a meeting focus back on what people actually said to you after that what were their comments if you were negative to yourself you thought you didn't do a good job you thought you sounded nervous you thought the idea that you came up with was dumb or stupid, what did people actually say to you? What feedback did they give? Now tip number two, acknowledge, validate, and then let it go. Just because your interpretations of an event are stories rather than fact, doesn't mean that your feelings are less valid, okay? Combating imposter syndrome isn't about ignoring your emotions. Rather, the best way of fighting the feeling is actually to acknowledge that you're feeling bad, feel the feels right, validate that that's okay, and then let those feelings go if they aren't based in reality. Okay, if you're making them up, feel the feels, validate that it's okay to feel that way, and then let those feelings go. Tip number three, share how you're feeling. Imposter syndrome is a very isolating feeling, but as I've said before in this article, Feelings are really common like this in the workplace, remember two thirds, et cetera, et cetera. So when you're feeling this way, try to share those feelings with somebody else. And they, they tell us here in the article that there are two advantages to sharing how you're feeling. Instead of internalizing emotions, you recognize them and move on. When you keep the feelings of imposter syndrome a secret, they grow bigger and harder to deal with, like any feelings, right? If you bottle stuff up, if you keep it in, they get bigger in your mind. They're harder to deal with after a time. I mean, look at how many people are in therapy today talking about experiences earlier in their life. Sharing feelings with someone else is a great way to recognize them on the path towards overcoming this. And then the second advantage is you might find someone who has also experienced the same thing. It's common, right? So you find a person that you can confide in that has also dealt with, and that helps you feel like you aren't alone. Okay? You're you're reiterating to yourself that you aren't alone in this way of feeling. So here's the fourth tip. Look for evidence. If acknowledging or sharing your feelings isn't helping, try fighting your feelings with evidence. Okay? Remember... Imposter syndrome often isn't based on facts, so focus on the facts to fight these feelings. For example, if you feel like you aren't getting work done on time, you feel like you're late all the time, go back and look over your recent work, okay? See if those feelings are based in fact, okay? If you aren't getting the stuff done on time, then you found something that you can work on and you can improve, improve. But if you were getting it in on time, but you were just maybe later than you wanted to be... Remind yourself that that wasn't actually fact, okay? And that's just a voice in your brain that's telling you you aren't good enough and so you don't have to listen to it in the future. So here's step number five, reframe your thoughts. They they acknowledge there's a lot of power in thoughts. The way we approach the world has the power to, sh- the power to shape our reality, okay? In both positive and negative ways. If you suffer from negative self-talk, start monitoring your inner voice, your mental voice and modify where it's possible, okay? This won't have immediate results, but over time, it will help you approach situations in a more positive light. For example, okay, they share this here, the next time you make a mistake, try thinking, well, that wasn't my best work, but I'll do better next time. Instead of, man, that was terrible, why did you do that? You're such a screw up, okay? Reframe it, change your language, and that will start to rewire your brain to be more supportive. Now, tip six that they include here in the article from Asana, Look for a mentor. Okay. We talked about look earlier for people that also experience, but look for a mentor as well. That way, when you have a little voice in your head that whispers, you're not good enough at something you can whisper back. Okay, that you're in the process of getting better and a great way to do that is find a mentor look for someone in the company uh, Someone in your your field uh, another colleague that has a similar business who can give you advice and support Okay, someone that you look up to who who's been on this path before and can help you And tip number seven here learn from your team members. Okay, a common symptom of imposter syndrome is, impar- is comparing yourself to your peers and thinking you're worse at your job than they are. And while it's tempting to compare yourself, there's, there's a lot you can do to refa- reframe those feelings. The next time you feel tempted to compare yourself to your peers, try taking a step back and instead see what you can learn from them. Okay. The fact of the matter is there are people on your team who are probably better at some things than you are. That doesn't make you less worthy because, you know, honestly, you're probably better at other things than they are. But it creates an opportunity for you to learn from them. Okay, and now tip number eight: anticipate imposter syndrome to reduce its effects. So over time, you might notice that you always experience imposter syndrome at a certain time, a certain thing happens. If that's the case, Prepare in advance of that situation so you can combat the the effects. Tip number nine is toot your own horn, okay? Feel good about the things you do well. Um, The best way to face imposter syndrome sometimes is to face it head on. So the next time you feel like you did something well, celebrate it. If you're comfortable, share your accomplishment with your team. Um, but if it feels like that's too much, share it with someone outside of work, okay? Like your partner, a friend, family member, you aren't limited to doing this when you do a good job either. Try creating a list of qualities and skills you possess, okay? These can be specific to your role, uh, or, or your business or, um, things like, you know, being good at sales or or being supportive of team members. And keep this list along with a collection of additional feedback you've gotten from people over time. I call this a success folder. I think I got this idea uh, from one of my mastermind colleagues, Sean Pritzkow, who keeps a success folder when anyone uh, shares a nice comment on a social media post or reviews your podcast. Copy that and put it in the success folder. So. You can remind yourself of what you're doing well, um, also so you can share it as social proof. So think about that. Toot your own horn from time to time. Okay, so now if you're a leader, they also include in this article six steps where you can um, use to prevent imposter syndrome in your team. You want to support your team, right? You want to reduce the chance of imposter syndrome. Um, And a big part of this will happen during onboarding to ensure that new team members can thrive from day one, but here are some other techniques you can implement to support your team. Tip number one that they share. Step number one is to establish clear expectations early on. Like they said, start com- combating imposter syndrome from day one. You know, you've got to explain the job expectations, the metrics for success, the the checkpoints along the way, so they have a clear sense of how they are doing. And if you start by setting expectations on the first day, and then 30 days, and 60 days, and 90 days, they can keep up with that, and they know what's going on. It's nice to have those short-term goals. And then once they're more established, work with them to set like longer-term goals or KPIs. The key here is to make sure that the goals are measurable and time-bound. So always use things like the smart system to come up with those goals to set those expectations. A second step they have here is to provide immediate opportunities for connection. Okay, so this is community. Um, making sure that team members have ample opportunity to connect with other team members. You can give them a mentor, early on, peers that they can talk to. Um, if you have communities within your organization, like we in Emerald City Productions have a Slack channel so that we can talk to each other. We try to have regular team meetings so that we know what's going on in each other's lives. Um, so people can connect with others and on the team and know uh who's like them and and who has similar um interests and and challenges in their life. Step number three they have in this article for leaders is to clarify communication norms, okay? Um, How do you ask questions? How do you communicate issues if you have them? And it's hard um, for a leader to think about these things sometimes because you're so familiar with it. But when a new hire comes in, they need to know what they can use to communicate and to have a plan um, to communicate when they need to. And step number four here, check in frequently, okay? Um, Imposter syndrome doesn't always just happen at the beginning, okay, right? It happens to people that are experienced, but you want to make sure you're checking in continuously with team members to see how they're doing. You know, you want to find out what's going well and and what's not going well. What concerns do they have? And Give them a place, whether it's a weekly meeting, a regular check-in, give them a place to communicate with you what's going on. And then related to this, number five is to share feedback early and often, okay? You want to let people know right away if there's a challenge. And you want to be very open about sharing feedback so that it's not a challenge to you so that you don't get stuck and and go months without giving feedback and then all of a sudden you have to give really negative feedback and it's not received well and, and a deep bout of imposter syndrome starts. So remember, imposter syndrome, it's not usually based on reality in the situation. So if you give your team members um, consistent reality checks and check-ins, you will help them keep them grounded in what they're actually doing and then finally you know support career growth okay i know i have team members who also own their own businesses um, and supporting that encouraging that uh encouraging growth encouraging learning i know i have for our team members we've purchased certain software and certain plugins for them to use and and grow with and certain tools that will make their lives easier okay Um, or for instance, if you have a team member that's interested in becoming a manager or something like that, I've elevated some of our team members to project manager status to give them a different, um, amount of responsibility and showing your team members that you believe in them and are invested in their career growth reinforces to them as well that they're good at what they're doing. So that's imposter syndrome. Um, it can be overwhelming. It's isolating. But remember that if you feel this way, if you have team members that feel this way, they you aren't alone. They aren't alone. And the next time you feel it, okay, or the next time you notice it in a team member, try some of these strategies that I've gone through in this episode that, again, are available in this Asana article. I think this is an amazing article, which, again, you can find it at asana.com slash resources leadership. Um, it's a wonderful article. I went through it in detail. There's a lot more information though in the article. They've got quotes from other people. They've got uh, feedback from their own team members about their own experiences with um, imposter syndrome. And it was really helpful to read that stuff. So I hope this episode helped you. And I look forward to seeing you again next week.